Chapter 2, Nestor. This chapter reminded me of a book I read about the end of the world coming called We All Looked Up by Tommy Wallach. It's written for a young adult audience and is about teenagers scrambling to live out the rest of their lives before a meteor hits the earth in a few days. And that is about how dramatic Stephen is, I think. What an angsty little man. I kind of love it. History, Stephen said is a nightmare from which I am trying to awake. From the play field, the boys raised a shout, a whirring whistle, gold. What if that nightmare gave you a back kick? The ways of the creator are not our ways, Mr. Deasy said. All history moves towards one great goal, the manifestation of God. Stephen jerked his thumb towards the window, saying, that is God. The little boys playing some sport outside the window, Stephen saying, that is God. Looks like literally nothing has changed. The amount of times that philosophy boys here at BC compare large philosophical concepts to something in sports, so many times. Stephen, not different. I do like the idea that Stephen is born to be a learner. That's pretty interesting to me. In that to learn one must be humble and we have not really seen Stephen be humble quite yet we've seen him be a little insecure about his comparison to Mulligan but is he humble about his ideas or does he believe they're just as godlike as the sports going on outside the window it makes me a little worried for Stephen that he is so lost in this abstract realm of thinking when Dizzy's talking about debt Stephen thinks about all this money he owes to so many different people and then just starts thinking about Shakespeare. Doesn't consider, should I use this thousand dollars they just paid me to perhaps get rid of some of this debt? No, he just thinks, Iago. And cool, Stephen, but you gotta come back to reality at some point, I think. I wonder if that's gonna come back to haunt him during the book. As for my experience with the form of Ulysses and reading this chapter, it's definitely getting slightly easier when I'm getting used to Stephen's way of thinking, and the Ulysses Guide footnotes definitely help a lot for understanding these wild, out-of-pocket references Stephen has to everything classical, modern, history, literature, everything, basically. He's a well-educated guy. Thanks, Don Gifford, for giving me the context. Things that I'm wondering as we go ahead is the whole book just going to be Stephen thinking these references and us wondering what they mean because the next 600 pages will be quite tough if so, but I'm willing to keep going for now. For now that is until we finally get a female point of view, which I have no idea if it's coming up or not, but we have not really gotten one at all yet. So when's that coming, James Joyce? Because if not at all, then I'm wondering if reading this book will be its own Pyrrhic victory, where maybe you finish the book and see that as a victory, but you lose more along the way. 
so really it's a loss. Will the lessons learned outweigh the struggle of reading the book? Come to episode 3 and the episodes following to find out.